Hey, this is Chris Nessie from Podcast PD, the podcast you're about to listen to. And I just want to say that here in March of 2018, it is hashtag tripod month. So whether you're enjoying this podcast or any podcast that you're enjoying, please share out the great podcast that you listen to on social media and be sure to use the hashtag tripod. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you'll have more fun with Stacey Lindis, AJ Bianco, and me, Chris Nessie. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Podcast P. This is <laughs> this is episode number twenty-five. My name is Chris Nessie, one of the co-hosts. Connect with me on Twitter at Mister Nessie. Check out House of Ed Tech. All of those things. Uh, if this is your first time listening, and I am joined as always by my co-hosts AJ Bianco and Stacy Lindis. Mister Bianco, how are you today, buddy? Mister Nessie. You're so formal tonight, and I'm doing very well. Thank you for, for asking. Things things are good on this wonderful evening that we are recording. Awesome. How are you? I'm doing well. Stacy Lindis, how are you? I'm doing swell. How are you guys? Swell? Swell. Swell. <laughs> it's been a while since we've, we've chatted, but you recently took a trip and did something that people talk about but don't do, but a lot of people actually do. So enough out of me. What are we talking about about you? I think that you are talking about my little weekend excursion down to Florida, where my husband and I spent four days and three nights. I don't know. Something like that. Five days. I don't know. No, four days, four days, three nights um, in Disney. And um, some of those days included a Keys to the Kingdom tour and one of those mornings included the Princess Half Marathon, where I got to dress up as Moana. And if you know me or you know what I look like, um, it's a pretty good fit. And that worked out well. It was super duper unseasonably hot, even for Florida standards in February. That kind of heat I totally enjoy. And I just love everything Disney. So it was a truly magical experience. Let's do with you guys. It's been a while. So something new for me uh, as we're recording this and actually when this releases, it still will not have happened yet. So I could talk about it in the hasn't happened yet tense. I'm going to Utah at the end of this month. I'll be attending the USET 2018 conference and USET. I believe stands for Utah Coalition of Education Technology, and I think it's the ISTE affiliate at the state level in, st in the state of Utah. And I'll be seeing our old buddy, uh, Derek Larson, and also meeting some other people that I've connected with from Utah through the years. We'll get to see uh, Lynn Smargis, who is also a former guest of the House of Ed Tech. But I'm really excited because I get to go out there for four days, attend the conference for two days. And I also get to present. I'll be presenting four four sessions, but only three uh, topics. I'll be doing a podcast boot camp, a social media and education session, and 
also a new session that I'm working on that really doesn't have anything to do with tech tools, but the title is How to Support That Teacher, where the session's about how you can support those one or two teachers that exist in every building who are, quote unquote, that teacher who are like me into education technology and know the latest and the greatest and want to share that around and have a lot of enthusiasm and energy and how they can be supported and valued in their schools. So that's something I'm working on. But even you put all that aside, I'm going to get to meet somebody that we would all like to meet. And you can hear the excitement in my voice because I'm a fanboy. I'm going to get to meet, shake hands, take a selfie, talk to, maybe even record Manoush Zamarodi from Note to Self. So she's keynoting the conference. I'll send you guys a picture. Sounds good. Get an autograph, some stickers, something. Ooh, if there are Note to Self stickers, please. That'd be awesome. I will grab as much Note to Self swag as I can. And if she's selling her book, um, I will pay you for a copy. Because you couldn't get it on Amazon by ordering it right now. <laughs> but I want it to be signed. So okay, I will only pay the you difference. for a signed copy. Okay, fair enough. I will uh, put some extra spending money for Stacy in my pocket. Cool. I'll pay you back. I'll Venmo you. I'm a Google Pay guy. Ugh. Ugh. Wow. Topic for another day. <laughs> All the different ways we can share money. <laughs> So, so that's what's going on uh, in, in my neck of the woods, and I all, will also throw out, we're recording this before, but this episode comes after, so happy sixth birthday to Miles. Woo! Happy birthday, Miles, the big, big six. six, two really? hands. I wish I was Ew. six. You know, Chris, when I was six, my, my parents took me to Disney World. You better, get oh. your, better get your planning going for uh, the Disney trip for the boys. Yeah, seriously. Well, well right now, n- not to go too all far. All I got was corned beef. Corned beef in a vacuum. He's very happy. But not to go too far off, we're planning to do the Disney thing in the summer of 2019, and that's going to be a whole Nessie family affair, multi generational. But so that's coming, and we got plenty of time to talk about that as it happens. Well, I appreciate the invite. No problem. But speaking of you, AJ, tell us about you. What's new in your world? That's a tough question. There's not really much going on in my world, to be honest with you. I mean, been on any podcast lately? Baseball season is starting, so I'm excited about that. I don't know if I mentioned that every podcast that I'm on. Um, baseball season is starting, and the Yankees are uh, are my pride and joy, as I, as I said last year. And uh, I'm excited. Please don't make any season. predictions till like the season's over. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to the predictions. You caused a 45 day slump we'll last year, buddy. Episode when Stacy's really <laughs> excited about baseball as well. And we'll talk about predictions. And wait, hold on, Stacy. So that episode is never coming. Wait. Before we start a recording, Stacy, you did admit that you listened to the 30 for 30 Lights of Wrigleyville podcast episode, which is clearly about baseball. I did, but and I... You liked it. And you liked it. I did like it. You know what I liked about it, too? So I um, it really reminded me of two things, right? Um, Major League, which is one of my all-time favorite movies, right? Some I never knew. No, not Major League. Sorry. A League of Their Own. That because I totally got it wrong. Different totally <laughs> different. I was say Major League is one of my favorite baseball movies. <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. A League of Their Own. It just like that time period, I kind of felt like it spoke to an innocence, um, especially because I got into the history of it. But um, And then it also reminded me of The Sandlot, which was on this weekend. So it just kind of like collided in a good way. I said so many audio clips I could just throw in. I don't know which one to go with. Don't go with any. Moving on. You're killing me, Smalls. 
You're killing you me, Smalls. You're That's killing what me. Knows. Fun fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fun fact. The, the umpire from A League of Their Own at the end of the movie, when they're playing at Doubleday Field, they're playing the quote unquote old timers game. I'm going to call it that because I don't know. The reunion game. Mm-hmm. The guy who was the umpire in that scene umpired my game when I played at Doubleday Field. We took a picture with him. That's cool. He did a pretty good job. I was going to say, <laughs> who wants to take a picture with the umpire? Usually that's the guy who is the common enemy. Right. Who's a nice guy? Who's a nice guy? But yes, Chris, you were asking, have I been on any good podcast? And yes, I was on a pretty good podcast. Um, my dude, my new dude, he's my new best friend, I guess. Uh, Brad Treffler. have been replaced. You've been re- definitely been replaced. Uh, him and I <laughs> recorded an episode of the Planning Period podcast. And in that episode, we talked to all things from comic books to family to education. And it was a really good time talking to him. It was a nice, easy conversation. I got to be honest, the hour flew by. And he's like, okay, so uh, I think we have enough. I was like, really? That's it? He's like, yeah, it's been an hour. I was like, oh, okay. Our hour's good. Hour's good. And uh, I, I really appreciated the conversation. So hopefully our listeners will uh, jump onto the Planning Period podcast and listen to Brad, not just my episode, but the episodes that Brad has with all of his guests. It really is a nice laid back conversation that he has uh, with a different variety of people. And they're just sitting and talking as it is a, a break room, you know, it's a little down period for you. So he calls it the hashtag Ed break room. And that's what it's like. So I would uh, suggest giving Brad's podcast, planning period podcast a try. Well, on that note, and this is where I have to sort of break in and I'll reset it up. When we recorded this the first time I played his thing. You sure did. So that didn't come at the end of the episode. So I will set it up and I will play it again. So we just got, well, actually, no, we don't have to play it again, but I'll set it up to put it back in. Okay, fine. Well, AJ, speaking of Brad Schreffler and his planning period podcast, he sent us the audio that we were going to use later in the episode for our unnamed promote another podcast segment, but we will just do that now. So thank you, Brad, for sharing that. And AJ, again, it sounds like you had a great time on that episode. And go check out Brad Schreffler's Planning Period podcast. So now, ladies and gentlemen, for the main event, coming to the center of the squared podcasting circle, please welcome our featured guest for this episode, for another edition of Q&A. Stacey Lindis, you're on the Q&A hot seat. Welcome to Podcast PD. How are you? I'm all right. Like I said. <laughs> Long pregnant pause. What's going on? Stacey, you're pregnant? Wow. That no. was awesome news. Oh, Thank my you God. that one. Good gravy. No. Good gravy. Gravy is good, Stacy. I know. Pregnancy, so not so much. Not so much. <laughs> so, Stacy, you are in the Q&A hot seat for this episode. Uh, two episodes ago, we had AJ in the hot seat talking about flipped learning and flipped instruction. Uh, last episode, episode 24, I was in the Q&A hot seat talking about my experiences in higher education and what I do at Rutgers University. And now you are front and center. And tonight, AJ and I are going to pick your brain and through that provide value to our listeners about coaching. 
Sound sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. And we're not talking about baseball coaching. <laughs> so, Stacy, why don't we start off with a little bit about your journey from being a classroom teacher to becoming a coach of teachers? All right. So my classroom journey, I spent 10 years in the classroom prior to becoming a coach. I started as a, um, actually a permanent sub in my first district back when districts had money for that kind of stuff. And um, halfway through the year, I took over a second grade classroom. And um, then I spent three more years, two more years in second grade. And then I graduated to third grade and um, taught third grade for five years. Um, And during that time, I changed districts and I moved on to West Windsor Plainsboro, where I am now. And um, eventually, um, I moved to first grade. And in that time, in my time in West Windsor, I really started experimenting more with technology, especially um, in those last two years when I was in the classroom because everything was new to me. I just figured I could just take it all in um, and try different things. Um, And it was one of those, one of those like, you know, serendipitous opportunities where a supervisor came up to me and said, have you considered this position that's been posted? And I said, no, I'm not really qualified for that position. And then the supervisor kind of convinced me that it really wasn't someone who needed to know all the tech, but needed to be well-rounded and um, really um, well-versed in curriculum and pedagogy. And, you know, really kind of pushed me to interview. So I interviewed um, the end of, it wasn't even the end of the school year. I interviewed over the summer So in my head, I was either coming back to a job that I knew I loved or I was coming back to a job that would totally shake things up. Um, And I got the call in August that I was hired as the coach, as one of the technology coaches in my district. And my start was with smart boards. And then I moved on to being one-to-one. So I was a smart board, was a smart board coach for about two years And then, um, and then, you know, in that time it could be anything and, you know, the way our, our team, um, works is we're very fluid in that kind of stuff. And, you know, we really just are there to help one another out. But for the past four years, this year included, I've been a one-to-one coach first in four or five. And then, um, now I'm in the middle school. So now let me just ask you the journey. Yeah. Let me ask you real quick. Going back to when, you know, you go through the interview process, it wasn't a job that stood out to you as, oh, this posting is available. I want to jump on this opportunity. As as you said, you didn't really see it as an opportunity and you were kind of coaxed into doing it. You get that phone call. They say, you're going to be the person. What are you feeling now knowing I'm going to be leaving the classroom and I'm going to be taking on this new role? And as you said, things are going to be kind of shaken up a little bit. So what, what were you thinking back then? So leaving the classroom, um, it, it kind of came at the right time. My my older son at the time had just finished up first grade, which means my little guy was going to be entering kindergarten. So for two years, I'd lived in this whole K-1 
bubble um, where like my entire life was just like early childhood education. And I would spend all day with, with my little six and seven year olds. And then I would go home and hang out with my own six and seven year old. And then, you know, my little guy as well. And I just, I felt a little burnt out. So being pushed to interview, I kind of felt like this could be a great opportunity. Um, and, and, you know, there was really nothing to lose. It's not like when you leave a district and there's that risk of like losing all of the familiarity, losing all of your collegial support. Um, you know, so I didn't have any of that risk. The risk was really just kind of like, do I feel qualified? You know, we talk about imposter syndrome all the time. And I really felt that, especially because I knew that I was going to be the smart board trainer. And at the time, I did not have a smart board. So I spent all of August learning everything I could about the smart board, the smart notebook software, um, learning about smart response systems. And it was one of those, like, I totally faked it. The only people who knew I didn't have a smart board were my colleagues from my building. Now, the other thing I wanted to ask, and not not totally related to that, but uh, in going again into the new position, first, were you tenured as a classroom teacher? And in moving to this position, did tenure carry over? And did it ever come up in conversation from your perspective? Hey, if this doesn't work out or you guys don't like me in this role or I don't like this role, do I have a way to go back into the classroom? What was any of that discussed? So it wasn't necessarily discussed. And so to answer your question, I was tenured in the classroom. Like I said, I'd been in West Windsor for five years before I left um, the classroom. Um, I, I maintained my tenure because I still was on the teacher pay scale and the salary guide for that. Although there are other districts that I know where it's a completely different um entity and sometimes coaches are contracted or sometimes it's a temporary like a teacher on special assignment Atosa I'm not Atosa I've been in this role for 6 years um and you know I remember joking with my principal at the time um when I came back in September and I was no longer her teacher but a teacher of the district and I joked around I was like well you know if this doesn't work out I can always come back so you can't retire and she was like I like that you're thinking that like there are always ways back into the classroom she's like but you're going to do a great job so you know that vote of confidence from her was really um, something that I needed to bolster my own confidence she is a person that I highly highly respect um, I miss that she's no longer in the district because she has since retired um, so, you know, going back to her building my and my old building might not be quite so easy, although I still have a great relationship with, with the principals um, at the elementary level and at the middle school level and at the, at the upper elementary level. So, like, I feel like all of that, you know, that's what coaching is about is building those relationships, whether it's with admin or supervisors or the teachers that you're working with. That is one of the key things to coaching. Like we were talking earlier about the keys that the keys to success that Disney created for himself, I would say one of the most significant and biggest keys to success in any coaching relation or in any coaching position would be to build those relationships. So Stacy, I mean, the, the relationships are extremely important and I'm sure part of your job is building those relationships and, and finding the people that you can trust. 
So why don't you tell us about your typical day as a coach, if you can pick out a, a day that works for you. And how Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, anything that ends <laughs> with a why. Uh, and how you've evolved as a coach uh, since you started this job. Um, so the evolution has been one of those things where it has kind of happened to me because, like I said, I started as the smart bird person and then um, we've kind of moved away from that um, singular focus in a certain type of technology and my colleagues and I, and there are six of us all together on my team. And then we have our supervisor and our director. Um, and that's, you know, pretty much where we report, but the six of us really have become building based or level based. And so that has been one of the more significant evolutions and I'm no, like I said, I'm no longer responsible for the one thing or the one plus type thing, but all the things. And um, I think, you know, going back to relationships, um, my team has really grown over the years and we've had lots of transition. Um, you know, in the six years that I've been in this position, I'm the most senior person on my team, which at least in that position, um, not necessarily in the district, but in that position, which is kind of weird to say is that six years in and like, like I'm the one who's been doing it the longest. Although the person right after me has is only like six months behind or something like that. So it's not like a significant time difference. But, um, you know, the team has really built itself to be this cohesive unit where we really just rely on one another. So a typical day for me looks like me coming in. Um, you know, I look at what my calendar says, and I actually do that the day before. I write in my bullet journal um, my calendar for the day. I know it's ridiculous that I'm a tech coach and I have everything in my hand on my phone, but I still like to write it down. It just kind of gives me a sense of like how my day is going to progress. Um, and, you know, between various appointments and my teachers can reach out to me and book me on using the app, you can book me, which has been phenomenal for me because it puts some of the agency in their hands and they no longer have, there's no longer a back and forth of when are you free? I'm free when you're free. I'm free these periods. Oh wait, I forgot. You know, like they are in charge of setting up that appointment with me, setting, literally setting my agenda. Um, and then my colleagues and I will meet intermittently. Um, and if we're not meeting, chances are I'm on the phone with two or three of them throughout the day, either asking a question, working through something, talking about an upcoming training or, you know, workshop or professional opportunity that we're offering throughout the district. So that's my typical day. There are check-ins with my, with my um, building administration. Um, I have a really close relationship with um, the two assistant principals. And I think that comes from committee work and, um, you know, I have a really great working relationship with my principal as well. And I think those three people also have led to just this great opportunity for me to, you know, really be a person of service for the staff. And I think that because they work so well together and I'm included in so many of the conversations, it makes the work that I do for their teachers and my colleagues so much easier. 
anything else. I mean, like sprinkled throughout the week, I might have meetings um, that are committee work. You know, I'm on the PD committee. I'm on the green team. I'm on the stakeholders committee, which um, they do a lot of like social emotional learning and they, you know, they really kind of try to connect to, you know, the various stakeholders throughout the building and the district. And um, I think I'm on another committee, but I'm totally, for, I'm totally blanking. Well, in talking I about these that, committees, it, it sounds like in this position, you also have the opportunity to have, to have a seat at many tables and kind of have your hand and your opinion and your point of view in many different areas. Are these committees things that are required of you or are these opportunities that you've been able to seek out and get involved in of your own choice? Um, some of them come naturally just from work that I've done or my role. So the PD committee was a natural progression because I offer PD throughout you know, throughout the school year to my teachers. Um, so it would make sense for me to be part of the PD committee. And it was a committee that I was on in my previous school um, when I was at the 4-5 building. Um, others have just been, you know, invitations. So the green team was just kind of like, we hear that you're green and and that you're, you know, very environmentally minded. And that's how I, you know, became a member of the green team and it kind of works because it's kind of nice to have someone who can go in there and talk about how technology can help make for a greener school. You know what I mean? And then the stakeholders committee, again, there's that piece of technology. You know, we talk a lot about bullying and creating a safe space, whether physically, digitally, or, or whatever it is. And those conversations um, that center around what I'm doing in the building and with the staff and for their students, it just kind of all fits together. I would imagine the hardest one for you would be the green team since it's really not easy being green. No. And, and Kermit said it the best, but um, you know, it's funny because it's made me being a part of that group has actually made me greener just in general. Um, at home, I find myself just looking for more ways to recycle. We talk about it more at home. We talk about turning off devices and, you know, turning off the lights and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's every, uh, every one of these committees is also a learning experience for me, which I thoroughly embrace. You know, one, one thing, Stacey, you're talking about the leadership part of this and, you know, as a uh, aspiring leader of myself, I'm curious, uh, working with the building administration, do you get one-on-one -on -one time with them? Do you get invited to you know, different cabinet meetings? Do you make time with them? Do they come and find you and, and ask you how to implement some initiatives that they have? Or is that totally separate from your other responsibilities? Yeah. So all of those things. So I would say um, I'm fortunate enough to work in a building where there is, there's, you know, there's been pretty significant admin turnover there as well. And, um, you know, the admin team is relatively new. We have a new AP this year. Our principal is in his third year. And then our our other assistant principal has been there for four years. So, you know, they're, they're building this new culture and this culture that is, you know, there's an emphasis on personal learning. And I have been brought in for some of those conversations. Um, 
my one assistant principal is is my one-to-one liaison. So he's always the person I go to first, you know, with anything one-to-one. So, you know, where are we with, you know, the things that you're offering? Um, you know, we'll have conversations about things that he's seeing that he wants me to, you know, discuss or hit upon, you know, and without names, because that's one of the big keys as well. One of the big tenets of coaching is that when you build that relationship of trust with your teachers, they need to feel confident that you're not going to go back and talk about them with admin or supervisors. And, you know, I try to need to leave things very nameless when I have conversations with people in my building. And then with the other assistant principal, you know, she is in charge of professional development. And I, you know, I have one-on-one meetings with her. I have small group meetings with her, or we have committee meetings together. And then, you know, they do all the two assistant principals um, also have taken some time out of their schedule to create professional learning opportunities for us as a staff that they call APPD, which I think is just phenomenal. So once a month, they meet with teachers on staff. And, you know, this year their focus has been um, some of the things in Danielson that we don't necessarily put a lot of emphasis on. And so one of the themes in the beginning of the year is questioning and like one of the second, and now we're moving on to assessment. Um, Not that we don't look for those things during observations and evaluations, but um, it's, we, we don't hit on everything all of the time. And so it was just a way for them to pull that in. And, you know, afterwards we, you know, because I do have some flexibility in my schedule, you know, we'll have a conversation about how it went, um, how I can support some of what they're doing, ideas that I have, um, and they do the same thing for me. When I have a chew and chat, they, you know, one of the two of them or my principal will attend. And then, you know, there's conversation afterwards, you know, like, how do you see this fitting into the classroom? How many people are already doing this? You know, and again, um, you know, it's just, it's a good way for us to kind of bring together all the things that we're seeing or hearing so that we are building the learning opportunities that people want to experience or feel that they have a need for. Stacey, just kind of shifting gears a little bit. What frustrates you about coaching? And as you were kind of talking in the beginning, um, this next question also kind of fits in. So what frustrates you about coaching? And the same way you felt that going into this role kind of came at a good time where you were feeling maybe a little burned out or looking for a change based on professional and personal life kind of colliding. Uh, Have you ever felt a feeling of burnout now in this role as a coach? And have you considered going back to the classroom to kind of refresh or, or reset yourself? But let's start with what frustrates you about coaching? I think part of what frustrates me the most is when you have people who don't necessarily understand that um, capacity for them is different than capacity for you. So for example, like there have been questions about, you know, the number of people in seats during some of my learning experiences, um, you know, and how to bolster and boost attendance. And for me, you know, I always, always, always in all of my years as an educator have 
subscribe to the idea that you really are in charge of your own personal and professional learning. Um, I think that's what makes great teachers stand out from good teachers, right? Those people who seek those opportunities on their own. And, you know, there are not enough hours in the day to reach 100% capacity. Does that mean I don't strive for more reach? Absolutely not. But, you know, I, I grapple with how to make that fit with what I truly believe is that, you know, people will come to me when they feel a need or they have a desire to learn the things that I can offer them. Or, you know, just even have some of those professional conversations. Those are some of my favorite days is when we're just talking about education in general. And it's not, you know, this one tool or how this one tool fits with this one project that you're doing or how, you know, offering a choice board with all the tools is the way to go. Whatever it is that, you know, you want to talk about. But, you know, when we talk about pedagogy and we talk about, you know, best practices, that really lights my fire. But, you know, when when the criticism is, well, like you only had three people in that first session and, you know, you only had nine people throughout the day, like I can't do much about that. Like, and those numbers have remained consistent for the six years that I've been doing this, you know. Are you looking forward to working at the high school level in the next three years? It's so funny because one of my students asked me that. She said, you know, Mrs. Lindis, are you going to come with us to high school South? And I said, no, no, you guys are all bigger than me. I think they are going to keep me here because I'm about the same height as a sixth grader. <laughs> and there are some eighth graders who are still my height, you know, if they're unfortunate enough to only be five one. Would you turn down the opportunity to go to high school if they said, hey, would you want to do this? Um, I think it would really depend. I think right now the person at the high school who's there is just stellar. Um, she's one of those people with whom I am on the phone every single day. And, you know, we go back and forth. Um, the way we are, um, the way we're divvied up now or the people at the middle school and high school, we're departmentalized as well. So um, my high school counterpart and I work in the, um, work with the IRLA or language arts and um, social studies departments. And so we, we do a lot of planning with those supervisors, whereas my middle school counterpart and the other high school tech coach, um, they work on science and social studies and they dabble in special ed and world languages as well, because one of them is, is a former world language teacher. No, that, that makes sense. So you'll enjoy high school in a couple of years. That's what I take away from that. <laughs> They're so big. And what's funny too is, you know, we talk about how that, you know, getting away from like where my kids were, like I just keep following them. So when my son was in fourth and fifth grade, I guess he was also in fourth and fifth grade. I guess he was in middle school now together. You know, not that we're in the same building or even in the same district, but it's just kind of funny that like I get to, it is kind of nice that I get to see a little glimpse into the window of what my kids experience are experiencing now or will experience in the future. So maybe high school won't be so bad if I had to go up there. AJ, can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Could I ask the next question? Because I feel like every question I've asked has been like the negative aspect of her job. I mean, you can go ahead. Let's do anything like two more questions. Yeah. So okay. Stacy, in, in let's, let's get away from the negative because AJ dabbled in, you know, tech coaching and, and professional development in, in, in a capacity. Uh, it's something that I as aspire to be or, you know, want to get involved with. Um, 
what are the joys of what you do? What happiness career-wise or what sense of fulfillment do you get from being a coach? Tell us the good things. I jokingly put on my Facebook post the other day that my son asked, um, or my son, my son and I were having a conversation about how he didn't miss school because we were out of school for two days with the snow. And, um, and I said, really? I said, he goes, yeah, no, school's not my thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't remember ever thinking that school was not my thing. He goes, well, you're a teacher. I was like, no, I'm a lifelong learner. And, and like, it was just like the snarky thing where eventually he said, I said, I, I would, I would be a professional student if I could. And he goes, mom, that's called, that's called YouTube. And like, I was like, that's really funny. Like, that's one of the best things about my job is the ability to just learn and learn and continue to learn. And it doesn't feel the same from year to year. So, you know, having taught third grade for five years and, you know, teaching first and second grades, um, you know, back to back for a number of years, you kind of know like, okay, we're getting to the read across America time and this is kind of what we do. And there's, I feel like there's not a lot of that in coaching. So I think one of the biggest things is the ability to learn. Another really awesome thing is that it's, you know, it's different from, from day to day, from month to month, from year to year. And while you do have some of the more predictable things um, taking place. So for example, um, one of the more predictable things would be like, okay, I know that I'm going to be part of park coming up soon. And, you know, there's no getting around that. I'm okay with that. I've reconciled that. But like, even there, you know, it's, it's like, what do we learn from last year that we can take to improve this year? So that's one of the joys. I also love getting to work with so many different people. Um, you know, as an extrovert, I get a lot of my energy just being around other people. Um, it's what I loved about being in the classroom. I just feel like my classroom has gotten so much bigger. And, and lastly, I think I really enjoy just the connectedness that I feel. Um, I don't know that if I were still in the classroom six years ago, if I would be as connected as an educator as I am now, right? So I'm not sure that I would. Are you saying you wouldn't have discovered education podcasts and we wouldn't be friends doing this right now? I mean, is that the butterfly effect? I don't know. You know, it's, it's interesting because like I said, you know, I would seek outside PD, whether it be, you know, those paid workshops that you go to, or, you know, I, you know, I, I spent a week in New York city at teacher's college for the reading and writing Institute. And then I would go to their weekend reunions. And I've done that for, for years. I mean, almost all of my career, even now not being in the classroom, I this year, and I think half of last year, the first times I haven't gone to a weekend reunion and that's odd for me. And, you know, I would have people ask like, why do you go to that? You're not even teaching reading or writing. I was like, but my kids learn reading and writing. And, you know, it's something that I was always passionate about. Those are my favorite subjects to teach in the classroom. So it was just, you know, anything I learned there is something that I could either apply to what my teachers are doing or take some of the coaching moves that those, those staff developers are, you know, making and adopt them to, you know, my own, my own um, training and professional development. So that's a yeah, great point. I, I just don't know that I would, I just don't know that I would ever be as connected just because, you know, as a gen ed teacher where you teach all the subjects every single day and, you know, it's, it's very different than middle school and high school. I, 
the I don't know that I would have the energy and the time to feel like I can wrap my my brain around it. I don't know. I'll never know that for sure, though. But I, I, I might I, be a little bit later to the game or something. But I really like what you just said because it definitely it, it's really good evidence to your self description of being a lifelong learner. Is that you will go to something like the teachers' college reunion, um, or or you'll go to things like nerd camp, which has nothing to do with education technology, but it fulfills one of your other passions, which is reading and literature and, you know, consuming content. And I think that's a strength that makes you a great coach is you're learning about all sorts of things and what you can apply to technology and coaching and helping teachers and students, you know, you're going to take whatever you can. And if you find a way, great. If not, you yourself come out a better person than when you started. So I, I just think that's a really good outlook to have and really be a true lifelong learner. So virtual high five to you. Thank you, sir. I, I truly believe that if you're not learning something, then you're not paying attention. You know what I mean? Like I just, I don't know. I could take any crappy PD experience and turn that into a learning experience. It could be just, what not to do the next time I offer PD, you know, or if, and I, I will say I find myself and I really need to like branch out a little bit more, but I find myself when we go to like places like, like ed camp or even nerd camp or, you know, whatever camp I'm going to or whatever PD opportunity, I find myself going to the things that I already know about and want to know more about. And um, while the content content might not always motivate me or grab me then I do start looking at the coaching moves or the presentation style or like what the facilitator is doing you know um and I try to soak that in I'm like a sponge (laughs) that was my spongebob (laughs) I don't know that show spongebob no I mean I know of it I just never watched it so I didn't get it fair enough So, Stacey, for, for the for the educators out there who love technology, love to integrate technology in their classrooms, love to help other teachers, but don't really want to get into that administrative slash role of a supervisor, um, what, what kind of advice would you give them if they're ready to make a leap to do something similar to what you're doing? Wow. So... That reminds me of, um, you know, back when I was at the elementary level, I was also extremely friendly with one of the secretaries. And I remember her telling me at one point, like, this is going to be the year where they're looking for people to make leadership moves. They want to see you presenting. They want to see you offering, you know, morning shares or doing some type of like, you know, a lunch and learn. Um I don't call them that anymore because I don't exclusively offer my learning opportunities during lunch, you know, for contract reasons and just because, you know, everybody deserves to have that time off if they can. Um, But, you know, if I didn't get that from her, I'm not sure that I would be in this job because I embraced that wholeheartedly. And I was like, oh, what can I talk about? And then, you know, at the time for me, it was morning meeting and responsive classroom. And I, you know, still embrace and love all of that. Um, I really think that you need to put yourself out there, you know, start small, start with, you know, leading a team meeting or leading a conversation 
about something, you know, go rogue, use Rich's book, you know, use Rich's book and, you know, create that group for yourself where you are going to learn about something, whether it be once a week, once a month, you know, whatever it is that fits into your schedule and, and take the leadership role in that. Just, you know, go back to your colleagues and say, Hey, I heard about this here and I want to learn about it. Or, you know, you're listening to this podcast. Hey, I listen to this podcast. What do you guys listen to podcasts? Let's talk about podcasts and how they can be a learning experience, but, you know, take, take that initial leap and, you know, start small, start big, start wherever you want. You know, if you don't feel comfortable doing it in your own district, and I totally understand that because there's something about the vulnerability about of being judged by your colleagues that is a little more intimidating than being judged by complete strangers. So if, you know, you'd rather talk to a room full of strangers, go to an ed camp and facilitate, you know, a session there. I just kind of get familiar with that that idea of facilitation and coaching and kind of walking through the process where you are looking to elevate where people are, right? Like start with where they are and make them better at that. Um, you know, don't start from a deficit, start from, from a skill-based area. And, and that's something that I did in the classroom too know when with reading and writing workshop oh you're already doing this here's how we do it a little bit better you know so that they feel like i've already got this but now i'm going to be even better at that you know um and and you know just take the risk lead a pd session on that pd day you know when when your school says we're going on conference lead an unconference session you know when your school's look puts out a call for proposals put in a proposal and make it something that you're passionate about Right. Like I was passionate about using technology and I am still passionate about using technology. I focus a lot more now just being immersed in it for six years on finding balance between technology and analog. You know, I joke that um, I created a new hashtag. It doesn't really exist, but, you know, Digilog, like I'm like I'm like that person who's really trying to like straddle both sides of where I'm at, like that that creative flexibility that analog tools give me with like the ease and collaborative, the ease and collaborative nature of digital tools. And, um, you know, just pick your passion. Is your passion reading? Then talk about reading. If your passion is math then talk about math. You know, I also am fortunate to work in a district where we have like 20 plus coaches and they're not all tech coaches. There are only six of us. So, you know, there are six G and T coaches. There are two math coaches. There's going to be a third math coach, you know, Look for those opportunities, and if they don't exist, make make opportunities for yourself. Talk to your building principal and say, hey, I want to do this. Now, what advice do you have for the person who has done that 10 times over, goes, talks about their passions, wants to do it maybe for like the last six years, and nobody will just give him the freaking time of day? What do you get? What advice do you give that person? I don't know, man. I've talked to that guy a lot and I don't know. I, I think, you know, I think then, then you really have to look outside of your district and that's not always right. Let's say that guy is doing that and he looks at other opportunities in other places. I'm, I, I'm not putting this in. I just wanted to say these questions out loud because that's what I'm thinking. I know. I know. I don't know. I really don't. I feel no, like I know, you I have know, done I don't need an answer. 
I would tell you to do. No, I know. I know, you know what I mean. I'm just busting shops. We're going to transition no, I, to. No. And I think, I think honestly for you, Chris, being back in the classroom will make your transition easier than being an ISS coach or an ISS teacher. Agreed. I think honestly that move will be like what jumpstarts everything else. Have you been looking though? Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I like, <laughs> I feel like I don't hear about it as much, you know? Well, there's, I haven't found anything that's worth talking about. Right. And you know, I, I don't know. I think, I think for you, it's just a conversation with your building admin and your, and your supervisor. Well, the other day I had, pause this so the file's not huge. It says you're all good though, right? Nothing else to add? I don't think so. Yeah, no. No other questions, Chris? No, I'm good. All right. Okay. Well, Stacy, thank you for being on the hot seat tonight for our Q&A with our podcast PD hosts. Hopefully, with our next segment that we have coming up, you can share some new podcasts with your colleagues that can continue to learn. Yeah, I will. Can I tell you guys something that I did? You can so, tell everybody that you can't just tell us. I know, no, no, I know. no. It's just three of us now. Nobody else is listening. Go ahead, Stacey. That, that's fine. I mean, it's not like I haven't been talking this entire episode anyway, like I normally do anyway. Um, so it's tripod month, right? And I do this little thing in the bathroom for my colleagues called learning in the loo, which I think we've talked about before, where it's like little tidbits, um, you know, that I put up, you know, things that I get from, you know, their colleagues, like our colleagues together. So insert learning, AJ, when we talked about that with flip mm-hmm. learning, like that mm-hmm. came from my friend Katie, who is just an exceptional social studies teacher in my building. And so I put it up there. I was like, oh, here's the blurb from insert learning. Here's like a little video and everything is kept in a Google slide. So for March, I am trying to broadcast the idea of podcasts. And I put up six different educational podcasts. I did not include this one because you guys know that I'm the worst self-promoter. Um, so, yeah, the, they're going to go up. But you included um, House of Ed Tech, right? I did include House of Ed Tech. And it's funny because I had Dan, <laughs> my counterpart at the middle school, look at it. And he was like, yeah, you need to change your blurb about House of Ed Tech. I was like, why? I was like, I just felt so done. Like, it's been an hour or more on this like graphic that's in Google slide. He was like, it doesn't tell people what it is. All it says is using technology isn't difficult. Just give it a try. I was like, but that's his thing. He's like, but what does it mean to anyone who doesn't already listen to the show? I was like, fine. So I gave it a little blurb. Thank you, Dan. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was already on there though. But you yeah, should- I included that. And like a lot of the other episodes that, we, you know, other podcasts that we all listen to, some of them that you produce, Chris, lots of them that are on the Education Podcast Network. Maybe so. you could create a little, like, you know, if you go to a museum, you can like listen to the museum tour as you walk through the museum. You should uh-huh. create maybe for April, like your own little learning in the loo podcast where people can like listen to you while they use the facilities and just a little that's minute gross. or two minutes on no. something that's... Because- no, because no, some of my colleagues already gave me grief. They're like, I don't even get a break when I go to the bathroom. I'm like, I'm sorry. 
I've got a captive audience, literally. Like, you're in here. You at least should be washing your hands. Uh. So I have them stationed around the bathroom, like around the, the sink and the mirror and on the door. One day so we'll like, have to ask you what it's like to go around and hang all that stuff up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got smarter this year and I started using plastic covers. How about plastic gloves? Oh, yeah. Well, that too. I do sanitize, like, often. All right. Before we flush ourselves too far down the rabbit hole, (laughs) um, uh, why don't we talk about what we're listening to? Because we got some awesome stuff here in our little document. So I spoke a lot already, and I need to drink some tea. So you guys talk first. AJ, what are you listening to? Uh, I'm jumping into a new podcast that a buddy of mine recommended um, simply because he followed them through, I guess, IGN. Okay, so video games, movies, things like that from the website. So we were just talking about life and the things that get in the way of life and just, you know, the expectations we have for ourselves. And I said something to him and he hit me back with a quote and I was like, where did you get that from? And he's like, oh, this new podcast I started listening to. So I was like, tell me about it. So the name of the podcast is called Weird Heat. And it is with these two gentlemen, uh, Max and Brian. It's Brian Altano and Max Scoville. And basically, it's a podcast just about the things that they want to talk about. And there's no educational value to it. So it's not in the world of education. It's completely out of that realm. And it's really why I loved it. So they, they claim that there's their podcast can be about art, life, making stuff, and everything in between. And that if they feel like talking about it, they're going to talk about it. So the podcast is fairly new. They only have like a demo episode of explaining what they're going to do with the podcast. So that's episode zero. And then episode one and two, I didn't get a chance to listen to two. It just came out Sunday or Saturday, but I listened to episode one and episode one is called Optimism. And it got deep and it was fantastic. And it's described as this, and I'll just read how they broke it down. So how do you stay positive in a world that seems designed to destroy you? Max and Brian discuss the infuriating dilemma of keeping your chin up without being oblivious, a liar, or totally in denial. Now, I was listening to the episode, and I was getting a, a bunch of good things from it just about being optimistic and, and, and living your life to the fullest. And then the last 12 minutes, it took a turn for me in the episode that I didn't expect to the point where I was sitting in a coffee shop listening to this, getting some work done. And I text my buddy and I said, dude, I almost started crying in the middle of this coffee shop. And he was like, I didn't want to tell you that. So what? Yeah. Yeah. So it was a deep episode. The message was fantastic about optimism and, and the things that you should do and how you should live your life. And I just was, and I wanted to make sure I put this recommendation out there. I was very excited to make this my recommendation for this episode, just because of episode one alone. So give Weird Heat a listen. And I think you'll like episode one. And I'm excited to see what episode two brings. I'm going to plan to listen to that tomorrow. Very cool. I, uh, as you were talking and I looked at the notes, I added the first episode. So I'm going to give that a listen on my way to work tomorrow. Very cool. Excellent. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I'm adding it too. I have a recommendation as well, and it is a, a, an old friend of our podcast, uh, Cult of Pedagogy with Jennifer Gonzalez. And as we're recording this, this is her 
latest episode, so her 90th episode. Congratulations to Jennifer. She also approaches her 100th episode of her podcast. She's as old as the Oscars. Yes. <laughs> um, but this episode, and I really like the title, and quite frankly, in her 90 episodes, this is the best title that she's given an episode because it's a little out there, but I totally get it. And it's, uh, I'll, I'll do it as the song will be. Oh my God, Becky PD is getting so much better. Um, and in this episode, uh, Jennifer crowdsourced through Twitter, uh, some alternative models for professional development outside of, you know, the atrocious sit and get model that a lot of districts still use, but many more are doing new things to provide professional development for their teachers. So in this episode, she outlines nine alternative models for PD, some that have names and some she made up names for based on the feedback she got. So obviously I'm going to recommend that you go listen to it, but my takeaway really comes from the end. So I'm not going to spoil any of these nine alternative methods, but you know, what I, what I took away at the end was, you know, if your PD is stuck and not moving, you, and I'm talking to all of us and, and you who's listening, you, and you can't control it, meaning you don't have any choice. Uh, remember, and I'm borrowing from our pal Rich Chiz, you control your own PD. Find a colleague, find a friend, whether it's in your building, somewhere, find another educator or two and make each other better and try something new. So obviously this is easy if you work in the same place. And then if you try something and it works, then spread it around like wildfire. So that that's part of what the three of us do here. You know, we are always bouncing ideas off each other, whether it's here for you to hear or, you know, in Voxer or in Google chat. Um, we're, we're always chatting and trying to push PD forward. So check out this episode, episode 90 of Cult of Pedagogy. Link will be in the show notes. Stacy, what are you listening to? I um, am not even halfway through this episode, so it could be like a total bomb that I make this recommendation. But my recommendation this week is Thoroughly Considered, which is a show about entrepreneurship, product design, and the ups and downs of running a small indie business. And the creators of the show... Dan and Tom, um, along with their producer slash co-host, Mike Hurley, who does, who has his own, um, it's kind of cool. He has his own network, his own podcast network where he, he co-hosts a lot of the shows. And one of the shows that he co-hosts is called the pen addict. And that's how I heard about thoroughly considered. But in this episode, um, which is called jam on this funky podcast, and I love the name of it. Um, they have their first ever guest. So the three of them are interviewing Max Temkin, who is the co-creator of Cards Against Humanity, which is my all-time favorite game to play with my sister when she and her boyfriend visit us. And we are sitting around the table with um, bottled beverages. It's a fun game. Um, so I'm really interested to see where this goes. Like I said, I'm early in the show, but the show in general is really like the whole podcast in general is just a really good listen. Um, they talk about 
for those of you who want to be teacherpreneurs, they talk about, you know, what it's like to have a startup. They've done several Kickstarter campaigns and that's how I know about them um, as well. They have a business called Studio Neat. And so they actually talk about um, the ups and downs of having that business and what it means to design and create and what it means to bring things to fruition. And one of the things that they did uh, via Kickstarter was um, create a notebook that I bought. Surprise, surprise, I bought a notebook. I actually bought three of them, <laughs> sight unseen. I bought a three-pack of these notebooks. It's called a pano book. Um, and it's this really oddly shaped, long, rectangular notebook um, that is designed to sit kind of on your desk, kind of below your keyboard where you would just take notes. Um, since I don't have a traditional keyboard and I don't like sitting at my desk often, I actually bring my panel book to Ed Camps. So AJ, I think you may have seen it. Mm-hmm. It's that like long black one um, that um, has like a greenish kind of cover on the inside and then um, has some really weird dot graph paper that has like extra markings on it. So they talk about how that can also be used for um, for web design and like app development. Um, I'm not really sure in what functionality, but they, they kind of give you some tips and tricks. So this particular episode um, is with Max Temkin, like I said, and he's the Cards Against Humanities guy and he's like pretty funny. And Black Box. Do you guys know what Black Box is? I do not. Me neither, but apparently he invented that or co-created that as well as well. It's a shipping company. Um so, yeah. Anyway, very cool. Good recommendations this time around. Thanks. I'll throw in as I as I mentioned at the top of this episode. Um obviously we're making some recommendations. We're going to go out and try some new podcasts and Again, here here in March, and really any time is a good time to do this, but here specifically in March, you know, if, if you're discovering new podcasts or you want to recommend podcasts that you enjoy, which could be this one, and if you're listening, you probably enjoy us, uh, use the hashtag tripod on Twitter here in the month of March and share the podcasts that you enjoy. And if you're searching that hashtag on TweetDeck or on your phone, uh, you might come across some new podcasts that you're also going to want to check out. But share the love. And please share podcast PD. Stacy, before we before we transition out of what we're listening to, let's ask and play everybody's favorite game. How many podcasts have you not listened to? It's so sad. I actually deleted a whole um, show that I refuse to listen to anymore. Um, I didn't have very many back catalogs and I listened to several this morning Um this morning, I was at 1,010. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and then um, this evening, before we sat down and AJ gave us recommendations, I was at 1,004. Um, but I just downloaded an entire series. So now I'm at 1,098. Enjoy that one. You know, yeah. I'm just going to put this out there. 
the amount of podcasts you subscribe to might be the equivalent of somebody who just gets into debt gambling weekend after weekend and just never gets out of that hole. Oh, but they're so, uh, so, so here's part of the problem. If you really must know, some of these shows I can only listen to with my child in the car. Look at you putting stock in the opinions of youth. No. So for example, I was very thankful that this week's How I Built This was a repeat. And it was a repeat of a very good episode, but I refused to re-listen to it. We already listened to it once. Did you delete it? So I deleted it. Right. So then we started listening to Wow in the World. And then I always get the, like, he takes over my phone in the car, which is great because I don't use my phone in the car. And he's like, don't listen while I'm gone. Like, mm. and last week we we were out. We were listening to How I Built This, and he fell asleep in the car. And he was like, you listened without me? I was like, dude, you fell asleep. I had no idea. And he was like, well, we'll just have to listen to it again. I said, nah, I already did that. You're listening on your own. Put it on your own podcast catcher. He said, I don't have time for that. That's what he told me. It's like, well, I don't have time to re-listen to things I've already listened to. Not when I have 1,098 yep. more shows to listen to. <laughs> you barely have time to listen to things you haven't listened to. Uh, yeah. Well, I also, like, I just added weird heat and stuff like that. Which, by the way, I didn't mention this. Um, don't listen to that in front of kids. <laughs> oh, well, that's good news because... Something I probably should have said at the beginning. Well, they also yeah. listen to Pod Save America with me sometimes. Okay. Then I then forget to maybe that then we'll do this one too. Besides, I'm their mom. It's not like they haven't heard anything. And I've ridden in the car with you. They haven't not heard anything. <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm the worst mom ever. That's my balance. <laughs> uh, it only took us an hour. We got to the root of the problem. Stacy's the worst. I'm the worst. So on a different note where we're not the worst, we got some feedback, guys, which we held off from last episode. So Stacy got permission. And here we go. A little feedback from Mike from I think it's California, if not. I just made a mistake. Hi, Stacy. This is Mike out in California. I just finished listening to an episode of Podcast PD, and I wanted to compliment you and Chris and AJ on a great podcast. I really enjoy listening to you guys and your insights and your podcast suggestions because I'm a big podcast guy. Uh, and keep up the great work. It's great to have you on Voxer, too, and glad to have you in my PLN. Hope you're having a good weekend, and I hope I talk to you soon. Bye. Yeah, so I was super excited when Mike sent that feedback. And um, like I would with any Voxer message, I want to make sure I got his permission before we shared it. So, yep, Mike and I connected through the four o'clock faculty Voxer group. And that group is also why I'm behind on my podcast listening, because there's just so much content to listen to and not enough time because I have kids and other things that I have to take care of. Which you balance, sort of. I try really hard. <laughs> we all do. And, and we hope that, that you who is listening out in podcast land, either you're laughing at us or you're like, yep, I agree. I am in lockstep with the three of you. So, Or you're shaking your head and acknowledging the fact that you're probably doing it better than we are, <laughs> or at least me. Hey, if you're doing it better than we are, please reach out. We'd love to have you on the show to teach us how to do it better. Yes. Oh, Yoda, please show me your ways. <laughs> Stacy. 
take us out. Um, say goodbye, Christopher. Goodbye, Christopher. Say goodbye, AJ. Goodbye, AJ. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Podcast PD. For links to all of the resources mentioned in this and every episode, please visit our website, podcastpd.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at AJBianco. And I also blog at AJBianco.me. You can connect with me on Twitter. I am Mr. Nessie. And I would love it if you also checked out the House of EdTech podcast over on chrisnessie.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at irontech, and I blog at irontech.me. Connect with Podcast PD on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast PD. We would also love to have you as a member of our Facebook community. Go to podcastpd.com slash Facebook to join. You can help us reach more educators like you by telling someone else about the podcast. So share us with a colleague, and if you do it on social media, please make sure to tag us. Podcast PD is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators. Podcast by educators. For more great education podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. Podcast PD is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca.